0: Welcome to another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors. I'm your host, Dr. Barbara Hales. Today, we have Dr. Judith Bryles. She is an award-winning and best-selling author of 37 books, including over 40 book awards for her publishing and marketing books, Author you, Creating and Building Your Author and Book Platforms, Snappy, Sassy, Salty, Wise Words for Authors and Publishers, How to Avoid Book Publishing Blunders, Bloopers, and Boo-Boos, and the one that I like best, How to Create a $1 Million Speech. Her books have been featured in over 1,300-plus radio and television shows, including CNN, CNBC, Oprah, and print publications, including Newsweek, People, Time, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, and even the National Enquirer. She is the founding partner in The Book Shepherd, a book and publishing consulting and project management firm. Welcome, Judith. Hi. How are you today? Well, I think that uh, I'm excellent because I'm really excited about this episode, and I think my listeners will be too. Good. Why should physicians write a book?
1: Well, one of the the smartest things to do is to stay connected and engaged with their clientele and use it as a marketing device or, or what we call sometimes a lead generator. So depending upon the physician, what their specialty is, that you can really kind of pinpoint and direct it out to others. It can be given away or it could be sold. Another component is that having a book really does reinforce your expertise and it starts building media related influence so that who knows I can share one of my physician clients who is a pediatrician in the San Francisco area was literally called because something she posted out using the hashtag COVID19, and instantly she got a call within a day from the top media outlet. Could she be involved in a panel discussion on Zoom? So you never know.
0: That's true. Fantastic. How could a book increase a doctor's patient base?
1: Well, just by by being visible, by getting information out, by, you know, you could start it with the frequently asked questions. If I was a pediatrician, let's go back to that example. What are the most common questions every new mom and dad wants to know about their infant? It, it could be for an ortho, you know, how to tell the difference between a broken you know, maybe a fracture versus a severe sprain. There could be all kinds of things that will just start adding to where they are, where they're going, that would bring in attention. And then what they could do, here's what's very cool. You start taking components of that book and you have instant blogs and you put them out. You can create uh, with a key word, a key idea, a key concept, whether it's a phrase or a whole sentence, you could create a poster. And pushing that out because, you know, to my knowledge, that you know, with in my sphere of the healthcare community, which I worked a solid 20 years on, that they are online, and this is ways that you could just throw out nuggets of information. And again, it's that branding because it would always have their website on it, or, or some other contact information that it always carries with it. As they go along, and that they could turn it into a segment, it could be you know a 10 tips to know when to call your orthopedist, for example, and that you could literally have that and submit it. and here's the the segue to do that one for marketing, is that you need to discover, especially today, it's so hard to get into the mainstream uh, if there is a mainstream print publication but you could easily find out what we call the weeklies these are the ones that you might find in a Starbucks or in a bin in a grocery store or who knows you know where free free stuff is and that you could really submit it and they are so hungry barbara for information and they are going to push it and promote it i mean you could end up with your own column so those are just a couple of the ideas that how it will add and bring in new patients.
0: Well, that's a great idea, especially since the average doctor's office is interested in patients from the community. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and you just keep doing it, you add to it. And, and
1: you could, you know, that just with your patient load, I'll bet you every physician could sit down and think, oh, Lordy, I've heard this question, if not 10 times, maybe 7,000. You know, I can see. What are those questions? (laughs) Create a column and push them out. How could a book get the media's attention? Well, just by you being smart, savvy, offering information that is informational and conversational, which is so important. Do not, this is warning, do not get caught up with, you know, all your book knowledge in here. You've, you've got to be able to come across that we could sit down and have a cup of coffee or over a glass of wine or fill in the blank. And we could talk about obesity without slipping into all the jargon that could go with it. Just keep it in common. And that's what opens it up for, that makes you um, uh, literally a media darling. Oh, this person's uh, such common sense. In such a language that communicates with that sixth-grade mentality, and then you are become a wanted, frequent guest. Now, the other thing is, you need to learn. We might as well we're going to talk about publicity because this is what we're dealing with. Is that every once in a while, I would encourage a physician's office to put out a press release. You know, what does Doctor J say about blah 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 blah? You know. This month's tip is, and then drop it in and release it. And there's two press release. I mean, you can spend a lot of money doing this. There's two really decent press release freebie. I like free sites and npr.com and prlog.com where you could submit it to it. And they will let you know if you need to tweak it or fine to it. Now, what every physician needs to do And whether, you know, he or she is going to be writing this or she's going to have someone in their staff or someone, someone close to them that does have a gift of words, that you always want to have a tagline at the end of anything. With with a press release, you know, Dr. J is available for media interviews. Dr. J is the author of blah, 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 blah book available in stores or on Amazon. Dr. J is the author of the forthcoming book that goes into your signature so that they start. It's repetitious. It's just a copy paste. You repeat it on every one. If you're reaching out to the media with a press release, they need to have know how to get a hold of you, which includes a phone number.
0: What tips can you share to sell books? It's all well and good to write one, but how do you Uh, actually sell them? Well, for my, my professional
1: clients which we put our doctors into there we've always recommended it's available in the office it's always available in the office and it could be for sale but here's here's a tip i used to do that and recommend and that i could you know you may be limited to what you can charge per unit because of the insurance deals you may have initial consultation fee that you can set you could easily if you wanted to and you're allowed to, I guess I should say that, allowed to, you could increase the cost of that initial consultation, if there was a fee, and and charge it, and just increase it in the cost, and give it to them free, and you sign it, and I'm telling you, they're going to be tickled pink to have it. The second thing is that you could give it out, or you could just have it available, and then pretty soon, you're going to have your this would be, you know, marketing, advertising, you would have people say, can I take a few of them? I have other people I'd like to give this to, of course, within it, it's how to work with Dr. J, you know, how to make an appointment, and, and you, you, you have about, you know, something about you, make sure that when you do an about page, which I think every author should have about the author, about page within their book, you have something that, Oh, you know, introduces your humanity, your human side. You know, when, when Dr. J is not working directly with patients, you can find him climbing the Alpines or something like that.
0: Well, I don't think that I'll be uh, seeing Dr. J anytime soon then. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: hey, but or, you know, canoeing
0: or that, you know,
1: uh, it, it could be getting out his paintbrushes. You know, you can do all kinds of things, but they just want a little glimpse, just a little glimpse, Barbara, of what you're really like.
0: Yeah, I think that's wonderful. Are there any other marketing secrets? Consistency, persistence and
1: consistency and doing something. And if you do have a book, you know, it's got to be up on Amazon and doing that. And you, you have to make a decision. Do you want to drive people? To to buy it via your office and get it personalized, which I would label it personalized. And by the way, I would have it on my website, the website of your practice. I would have it there and say it's available. And you can get your copy, you know, when you're in the office or you can order it directly through Amazon and you have a link, a live link that goes to where they can get it.
0: A lot of people who have written books are trying to decide whether they should go for an established publisher or whether they could just be an indie publisher. Which one do you recommend?
1: Wow, that's such a great question. Well, here's the realities that the the self-independent publishers are outselling the traditional publishers today. And that crossover happened in um, last year, 2019, actually 2018, the crossover happened. And, and I, let's, let's just kind of have a come-to-book chat here, Barbara. The reality is that you have less than a 1% chance of being picked up by a publisher, a traditional publisher today. It's very difficult. There's over a million books published. Less than 10,000 are published by the traditional publishers. And one of the things that you have to do is either be so hot, a celebrity. You have something so unbelievably unique about you that is going to be life-changing. And and you better have a platform, meaning you better have a presence on social media, a humongous mailing list, email list, and that you have the capability of communicating in Cyberland via various social media platforms. So if you can't bring that to a party, I'm telling you, you are wasting your time trying to get a traditional publisher. So let's go to plan B. I am, truth be told, I'm a recovered traditional publisher snob. I thought that only legitimate people, authors, published through the traditional portal and anything else was basically considered crap. And the reality is so much has changed, Barbara. The quality of what the independent market can create, we can use the same designers. We, We have the same printing opportunities. We've got the same interior designers. And, and what you need is some time and, and maybe a little money here to support what this is going to happen and, and look at it as a viable alternative. For me, making the choice, and then I crossed over. I crossed over in the year 2000. I left New York, 18 of my 37 books been with New York publishers. Would I go back to New York only, only if they offered me so much money that I wouldn't care what they did with my book. Otherwise, this is what guides me. There is four ingredients. One is control. It's really important to me to be able to have input of what my book looks like on the outside, on what's on the back cover, and what the interior looks like. If you're with a traditional publisher, they don't give a twiddly-dit what you think. It is important for me to feel that the quality is really in place. And you know, a lot of times it's not, I mean, I've even seen publishers reduce the amount of glue that they use inside to hold the book together, save a penny or two. And um, I, I don't know if you've ever picked up a book and have it, pages come out. This is what it's the glue quality. So quality control. The next thing is timing. If you have something that needs to get out Traditional publishing's not going to do it. You're looking if, if, you know, let's say it's the month of April. You would be looking um, April of 2020. Let's say that you would be looking at the spring of 2022 before your book is available for people to buy. Wow. If it's important for your book to be out. If you have topical information, timely information, there is no way your book's going to get out. Now, are are things uh, fast-tracked? Well, during the year 2020, we had the pandemic. And you're going to see a lot of stuff coming out because they're going to bump things off to get them out really fast because they realize people are hungry and that maybe someone who has got the answer, whatever the answer is, can get out there. Otherwise, it's a good 18 months to two years before book gets out with the traditional. If you have your and plan B, you're gonna do it yourself. If you're gonna have plan B, then what it is, Barbara, is that if someone walks into my office under the bookshepherd.com and I'm working with them, if they've got the manuscript pretty much together versus I'm gonna to have to gut this thing and rewrite it, pretty much together, I can assure them that they will have within four months a book in hand to sell. To offer to patients to fill in the blank. So that's what we're looking at. That's the difference.
0: Wow, that's a very big difference.
1: All right. Well, and uh, number four, it's money. It's money. New York traditional pays anywhere from if it's a paper book, seven to say 10% of the net amount. Let's say your book is $15. Let's say your book has a $15 price tag. Your net amount would be $9. Other words, you're going to make, you know, anywhere from 70 to 90 cents per book. That is not a lot of money. And you will get it 6 months after the book is sold. That's a lot of time in between then and then. So, if you are doing it yourself as an independent, and there's steps to go through to become an independent, if you're doing it yourself, if, if someone buys it from you, you're paid instantly. Instantly. And you're not dealing around with chargebacks and sending back and doing all that. The other thing is the cost of a book is going to vary depending upon the size. And I want to say to all our listeners that short is the new black. That if you can, we you don't need a 300-page book. You don't need a 200-page book. Boy, if you can put this together in 140 words, maybe, you know, 140 pages, maybe 40,000 to 60,000 words, you're looking at a home run. That is a few hours read. And when people are looking for information, and all authors should be writing to identify, number one, who's my ideal audience that I'm writing for, and two, what's their pain, and how can I solve it? And with your wise wisdom is how you're going to do it. If you do it yourself, your cost, I've always budgeted $5,000 when I'm working on my own books for editing and for design, related cover, interior, editing. So I have that all done. That's going to be a chunk that's going to go out. And then the rest of it is going to be, you know, what do I need? How Am I going to print it one at a time, which is called POD, which you can certainly just put it up that way. Or am I going to do a run, which could be... 200, 500, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000, fill in the blank. And you make that decision based on what your analysis is, is what kind of market are you looking at. So that kind of sums it up, I think. I hope those four points.
0: Well, as you and I both know, though, the money is not in the book. Although, you know, getting the royalty checks at the end of the year is always quite nice. It's like a Christmas present. But. You know the- what?
1: I'm going to disagree with you.
0: I have sold,
1: you know, from my books that I turned, um, you know, I, had, I was on the speaking circuit and in, selling in career. I made over $3 million in speaking fees and $2 million in book sales. And if you don't think that counts, that counts.
0: Oh, it certainly does. This is the first I'm hearing of something like that. Really? I was always led to believe that the real value was in the speaking engagements that the book brings. Well, that that will that
1: can certainly do it. So now you have a fee going on. But when you're speaking, if you connect with your audience, and this is what you know, how to create a million dollar speech is about that book. When you are connecting with your audience, they're going to want to take you home. So all of a sudden, and you're not you're not making eighty ninety cents a book. They're paying full price for the book. So going back to a fifteen dollars small, you know, trade paper. That fifteen dollars or twenty dollars, they're paying it. So if I have an audience of three three hundred people, I know I'm going to sell anywhere from a hundred to a hundred and fifty books right then and there. Multiply a hundred times fifteen dollars. All right, now we're now we're starting to talk money.
0: Wow, it's very very exciting. <laughs> yes. How did you come to become known as the Book Shepherd. What did you mean by that? Well, I just, uh, look at a Book Shepherd
1: is a guide. Shepherd's a guide. And my very first book came out in 1981. It was a book on finance. I used to be in the financial area, and then I evolved to the conflict resolution area in healthcare. And then all I do now is how to get published, how to publish, how to do it with no regrets. And but when my first book came out in 1981, I had a very dear friend who sat down with me just like three months before it was due to come out. This was a New York published book. And she said, you know, listen, my friend, and you will hear. I listened very closely, Barbara. And from her tips, it totally turned around my thoughts of what my responsibility was, what I should be doing to support my book, to push it out. And I always shared that with other friends who wanted to publish as they came along. It was just, you know, it was a pay it forward. And then I, you know, as I went along as someone said I wanted to write a book, I would introduce them to my agent. You know, I'd encourage them. I would do all kinds of things. And then in early, the early 2000s, I crossed over. And I did not want to travel, I, you know, I just didn't want to do it. I was in sometimes in 12 and 13 states a month speaking. And it's grueling. And, and I thought, what can I do, I, you know, I was always a breadwinner in my family. What can I do to support my family based on, you know, the knowledge base I had? And you know, there certainly was consulting, which is what I do a lot of now. But I, I wanted to transition from the the toxic workplace that I found, you know, that I was dealing with in the healthcare area of detoxifying departments and units and things like that. And what I did is I started letting people come to me. Now that's even better. So I do, you know, I'm based in Colorado and I do live workshops and they're called Judith Briles speaking unplugged, book publishing unplugged, book marketing unplugged. I do live coaching on Fridays with people who pay to be in the group. I do a a variety of one-on-one consulting of bringing, it doesn't, I don't care if you're in England or Israel or in New Jersey or California, we can work remotely. And I've always done that as well as people who are right in my home base. But once we have a book and get started going, I can work with them and it just the book shepherd kind of came all out of that. And that's what I do full time now.
0: How can your listeners get in touch with you? Well, I think it's
1: always a good idea. I tell them, would you please just check out the start with the website book shepherd and that's s h e p h e r d.com. And look at the, you know, there's a lot on it. First of all, there is a boatload on it. And look at the services. And I tell you how you can work with me. And that when I do a contract with them, I have a monthly contract. It usually, you know, to get you out of that gate, as I told you earlier, that if I've got a completed manuscript that just needs editing and fine tuning, we can get a book in your hands within four months. If it needs major work, those are other things that, that come on. I mean, some people are brilliant with their ideas, they're just sucky writers. Okay, we can fix that. And so go to thebookshepherd.com. My email to reach for me is judith at B R I L E S, dot com. Email me, or you can call me 303 885 2207. And I'm one of those people, if I'm not working directly with a client, or doing an interview like we're doing with you, Barbara, I will pick up the phone. And I'll let you know, let's set up a time and to talk to see, is your book viable? So that's
0: one that helps uh, put out the book cover and you help them with an idea exchange, decide what the title of the book should be for.
1: And I determine what fit when I talk with someone, "Mm, I think they will be better working with Rebecca. They'll be who are the overall their master award multi award winning designers, and I conference call bring it in so that we can start talking about you and noodling ideas. I work with them because I have ideas too, and I noodle with them. And the interior design I love to see a customized interior design. Often that's the same person as the cover designer involved. That the editing, I do a certain type of editing called content because I will go in and do some gutting if needs to be. Otherwise, I have other proofreading type of editors in play that we, they're absolutely necessary.
0: Well, I learned a lot of things from you today and I appreciate you being on the show with us. This has been Marketing Tips for Doctors, your host, Dr. Barbara Hales. Mm-hmm. Until next time.